Fantasy Hockey Picks and Bets. I am your host, DJ Mitchell, here to go over Monday, March 28th's NHL slate of action. We have five games and really only one massive favorite, so I think this one might be a bit more interesting. Uh, Friday's was just a lot of very, very tough-to-stomach chalk, uh, worse than parlay fodder pieces that I didn't really want to get involved in, so I ended up getting crazy. Um, Friday ended up being okay, I think. Saturday ended up being really, really nice. Um, I had the Vegas, when they were down three goals, I live bet them at 820 or what, 1200 to one, um, or plus 1200. It's not 1200 to one, that's 120 to one. But yeah, ended up making a huge profit on that. They came back and got it done for me. Thank you, uh, to the uh, the void, uh, if any that uh, Dadanov, which they changed it. Like, I swear to God, it was Dadanov until this year, and now it's Dadanov. Um, but good for him. I will say his name correctly because he. Won me a nice little chunk of change. Really, really appreciate that, my friend. So we're going to get into today's uh, forward-thinking show here. Let's get right into it. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, do all the fun stuff. If you haven't yet, uh, it, it helps. You know, it's good stuff. I, I don't know. I mean, do whatever you want, but it helps. <laughs> we'll get right into it, though. We have a very long, uh, I guess, on one hand, we have a slate of action where you could start watching hockey at 7, kind of consistently funneling through games until about one in the morning, uh, Eastern time. If you're in a different time zone, you know, adjusted to that. Uh, we have a seven o'clock start Eastern time and a 1030 start. Not one game starts at the same time as another. So five completely spread out games. So if you're someone that likes to just binge watch all of the hockey on ESPN plus, like I do, you're in a really, really good spot for this late. We're going to start with the seven o'clock game. Carolina at Washington. Now, Carolina minus 140 with the Capitals at plus 115. It's a six over under. I definitely shade the over. Uh, I think it's a pretty solid bet in reality. I don't think it's perfect because, you know, it, not that it was never a perfect bet, but at minus 110 on the over six, I do like it. I know sometimes Monday nights, you know, I think people kind of shy away from it, but I, the, the Hurricanes are a team that has been waiting to pounce. Uh, and they did it on Saturday. Uh, this is a team that's been really, really underperforming their expected goals. And they go out and put up a touchdown against St. Louis. You know, I, I think that might be just what they needed to get to kind of the spark um, that we hadn't seen from them. They, they just kind of been playing, uh, I would say, marginally worse. They're still leading their um, their division, the Metro, but they're only up by five points now. They kind of seem like they're going to run away and hide with it. So I do think this is a really nice spot to get in on um, Carolina who is just a very, very, very good team. Now, the other, the only kind of a caveat to betting this over is that they actually have been over the last 10, the best team at Corsi against, meaning they're giving up the least amount of shots on goal. So you're really hoping that guys like Ovechkin and Kuznetsov, et cetera, can get it done for you to maybe get over that six. But that is the caveat here. We have two really, you know, over their past few games, teams that have been scoring at a decent rate. So I, I think it makes sense. I think a lot of people are going to get there. Um, I think maybe your less informed touts will definitely have it. I think it's going to make a lot of things. But there's a caveat, like I said, that if Washington can't get, you know, I would say a marginally better, um, you know, I guess shooting percentage comparatively to what they might get. Like if they get 25 shots and they score three, you're in amazing shape. If you get 25 shots and score one, you could be screwed. So you're really betting on the skill of this team, getting it done for you. Um, and you know, the reason I think that could happen still is just because of how many minutes these top guys get. you know, who's that's off Ovechkin, Johansson, those guys are going to really lead the way. Ovechkin does not come off the ice when they get power plays. And, you know, Carolina is a pretty high event team. Um, I think there could be some power plays to be had. So, um, 
on either side. Carolina took a ton of penalties in that seven to two win. Uh, you know, they spent way more time shorthanded and maybe that's because of just the dominance they were putting up that four penalties were called, what have you. But I, I definitely think this feels like a good overbet, right? It does. There is a caveat that I wanted to put out there for you. Cause I do think a lot of people are going to like this over. Uh, we should be having, you know, I'd say somewhat weaker goaltenders, no matter who's in net for Washington. I don't think it's going to be anyone that you have to shy away from last game was Vanacek who I'd say is the better starter. Is he going to go, you know, back to back with one day rest? Maybe um, Carolina started. It, it really doesn't matter. They started Ranta though. I think people prefer Anderson over him. He should be in net for them. Uh, nothing completely confirmed. But yeah, I think both these goalies are pretty good, but Anderson's just been lifted so much by how good this team has been defensively. If you look at his past five games, he has three games where he has, uh, you know, just in the past five, like I'm saying, against Dallas, he only made 12 saves on 15 shots. Uh, wow, they, they win that game. He had 16 saves on 17 shots, 18 saves on 21 shots. So they're really not allowing a lot against, as I've already mentioned, you know, could this be a spot where Washington at home puts up a few more, maybe that, and, and as I just kind of put there, he's still giving up goals. Again, so I, I think that this is an over bet that I'm going to be in on. Um, and uh, for this reason entirely, I'm going to be fading Washington props though, just because I don't think they're going to get enough shots. And I just don't want to bet against Carolina stout defense, especially, you know, if Tony D'Angelo comes back in the mix. They just have six really, really good. Like, there's not one guy in that top six defense that I think is bad. So I really am going to shy away from it. Uh, and I think on the Carolina side, they should have a better avenue or a path to have guys that get in the mix as far as points, as far as all of that fun stuff. Um, if we look at expected goals in the last game, Sveshnikov, D'Angelo, who hit the post twice and didn't hit his two and a half over on shots, very disappointing. Um, you know, I, I do think Sveshnikov is kind of the elite take here for shots as far as points are concerned. I'm always kind of looking at Turbo, who just gets a really big, you know, like uh, he's gets this very odd line compared to his line mates like Aho's going to be like minus 200 and Tara is going to be like minus 170 so I think Tara is probably the easiest take here Svestikov is the guy they want shooting on the power play so I do think he's in play and then D'Angelo um he's still getting 21 minutes as much five on five time as they can get him and power play one so I think those point props make the most sense but we'll move forward to game number two this is the 730 start it is Vancouver at the Blues I'm going to be taking Vancouver right now. It's plus 115. I can't imagine it's going to be Halak. Um, Halak did play really, really well last time, uh, but they're getting, they they literally played Demko like 12 straight games and, and then gave Halak one. Like, I don't think they're just going to all of a sudden after Demko's played, I'd say pretty fantastic against Dallas and absolutely sunk my DFS lineup. So I am mad at him for that, but I do think he's in a really nice spot here. Um, St. Louis has kind of been a paper tiger for quite some time now. And it, it kind of broke again against the, like, it was like the perfect regression game. Carolina had been really not performing up to their expectation. While St. Louis had been really throwing well above their expectation and we get the seven to two game. And that just happens once in a while where kind of all the math lines up together. Um, this is a St. Louis team that, you know, as they're getting healthier, they're mixing guys back in. I think they'll perform better. They've just been so mediocre, kind of in every respect. You know, we look at Corsi four per 60 over the last 10. Um, they're eight to last. So they're not getting a ton of shots. Uh, and that could just be seen by, you know, the players that are playing and how many guys were out Tarasenko this time and, and other guys. So I don't think these numbers are incredibly indicative of the team that we're seeing. But I, I am a little bit afraid to assume that they're going to be amazing. Um, if we look at Corsi against, you know, a much better line, they're uh, like 
12th in the league and Corsi against. So this game in my eyes sets up to be one that might not have as much over upside as we might think. If it's Demko versus Huso, I think it's even worse, but I don't think this is a game that I'm, I'm kind of blocking in uh, Vancouver also kind of right in the middle in both categories. They're, you know, 14th in Corsi four per 60 over the last 10 and uh, what are they? 17th in Corsi. It's, it's a very mediocre game. You the six over under on it. I think it's right on the nose. I just don't, I just won't bet it. I really just take Vancouver here, a team really fighting tooth and nail for the playoffs right now. I know they're pretty much out of it. It would take quite a, a turn of events, but I don't think it's, it's a stone. You know, if you think Vegas is still in it, they have what two games in hand on Vegas and they're down one point. So if you think Vegas is in it, they're certainly still in it. They absolutely have to have this game on Monday night with, you know, the two teams they're chasing in <clears throat> Dallas and Vegas not playing. So they cannot lose this game. I'd rather take a team that's fighting for everything and a team that I think is just much better than a lot of people give them credit for. Like you look at this lineup up and down and I like it. You know, I like Pedersen, Horvat, Besser. I like that line a lot tonight in DFS. You know, this really could be a spot that I want to get involved in. Um, St. Louis did return Thomas. He did play with Tarasenko and Bustevich. They did have a goal at five on five. They also got scored on three times or yeah, three times. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Personally, I think I'm just going to end up looking over at and just saying that this Vancouver one is real good and I'm going to go with it. Vancouver is doing another thing that I love, especially in DFS, is they're riding the top two lines as much as possible because they need to win. So you have Miller, Garland, Pearson as a much cheaper three-man stack at five on five, but you're not getting Pearson or Garland on that top power play as you're getting Pedersen, Horvat, Besser, five on five and power play one correlated. So I think some ownership might get there just because of that correlation, but I'm still going to take it. I'm going to take Vancouver plus 115 on the road. I don't care. I think they're a better team here. And I know this line could move my way, especially if we get goaltender news. So I might wait on it, not bet it right now at plus 115. Uh, yeah, but I, I am going to bet it. Um, I think I might hope that it's Huso and Demko and maybe we get Huso first, which we should because the home team only skates first. And then I'll probably bet it right then. But we'll move forward to Buffalo at Chicago. Buffalo is one of two teams. Yeah, one of two teams on a back-to-back. It's a true road back-to-back going from New York to Chicago. They're plus 130. I don't think I'm going to bet that. I'm betting the over here. I think the over six is really strong. Um, Chicago is inept defensively. They showed that in the third period against Vegas where they got absolutely boat raced. Um, I just don't think that you know, there's any reason to think that Chicago is going to get much better defensively in uh, one day, <laughs> you know, after being bad for most of the year. Of course, he against over the past 10, they're seventh to worst. So they've given up the seventh most attention, shot attempts, et cetera. Um, and they are, I think, a bit. Well, if you look at their top line, their Corsi four like is really good, but their Corsi four is second to last in the league as far as the entire team is concerned. So what I, I guess the point I'm making is, is their bottom six is terrible. Their top six pretty good. Um, I I would rather just bet on this game getting there because Buffalo finds ways to get goals like they are against the Rangers right now, and Chicago's top line is just way better than anything the Sabers are rolling out. So I think that this game sets up really nicely for the over six. Maybe one of my favorite bets of the night at minus one hundred five. I'm taking it right now because I do think it can move. We're probably getting Tukarski, uh, barring a, something crazy happening. Anderson started on Sunday, and Tukarski is just not very good. So. Tukarski versus anyone for Chicago feels good to me. It'd probably be Dalia, who uh, has a sub 900 save percentage. And I know the last game he did end up making 43 saves, but he still gave up three goals. And he had 46 shots against 
versus LA. That's not great. So I'm going to take this game over. I think there's a lot of reason to believe there could be a good amount of events here and we could get there. Um, I, I think that Chicago one will be piled on a bit in DFS because if you're not playing Edmonton, we're going to get to in the next game, and maybe you won't. Uh, Chicago makes a ton of sense here. I'm probably going to put some Buffalo in uh, just into the mix. I think that they're, you know, a, a team that is a bit too cheap here against Chicago, as, I, as I'm mentioning of how bad they've been, especially their depth pieces. So I'm going to end up with some, some of that. And I do think the one differentiation piece that you might want to put in with Chicago is Taylor Radish. Um, I talked about him on a live stream I did. Uh, he was one of my favorite goal bets of the night. This guy's consistently putting up pretty good rate stats since he got over to Chicago. He's seeing a ton of run, just getting more and more used to playing with Taves and Kubalik. The one downside is he does play with Kubalik at five on five, and Kubalik is definitely a really good shooter. So they might give him some looks, but top power play with Kane, Jones, DeBrinket, um, and Strom is just kind of tough to pass up. He's been plus like 400 to score plus 350. So I think I'm going to mix him in my mix. Um, some couple of smaller parlays and maybe even a first goal for him just for fun. Uh, I, you know, playing with Jonathan Taves is, is really good. So I'm definitely going to be mixing him in as well. And on DraftKings, he's just above the stone cold minimum at 2,600. So I do think he mixes in nicely. And if you stack up Edmonton, it might be a piece to throw in to try to make something else work like Vancouver. So with all of that being said, I'm not betting the, the, the money lines. Plus 130 just isn't enough juice for me to want to take a back-to-back Sabres team. And I'm just never taking the Blackhawks at minus 160, no matter what. So we'll move over to Arizona, Edmonton. Uh, you know, every piece of math I, that you could possibly pull on this game, if you run all of the models, it's going to tell you that Edmonton should win this game by a bazillion points. Um, I am just going to take the Edmonton team total over three and a half. I actually just came up. Wow. I just checked it like one minute ago before I started. It's minus 160. I'm going to put it in with those two overs I mentioned as my three favorite bets of the night. I think you could do the four and a half, but minus 160 and a little bit of a mix that I'm putting together. I'm fine with it. Right now, those two overs and this is plus 505 for a three-way parlay. Uh, you know, think strip if I straight bet them 20 each and then just throw like 25 on the or maybe 10 on the parlay or something. Um, I think it's probably the strongest way of looking at this. You're going you're gonna to have a really tough time finding a lot of props here that are going to jump off the page to you. Um, if you look at Edmonton's last game, you know, one thing that I did have, which did hit, which ends up really not being that great, was Nugent Hopkins to score. He did score on the power play, so we're happy. We, you know, we won our bet, but he didn't quite see as much run at five on five as we may have liked. They had so many power plays. That game was crazy. I mean, it went for, you know, two touchdowns and goals, 14 total, and the nine to five loss to Calgary. So, it's tough to find uh, a lot of, you know, to take from this game and feel really good about. But what, what we did learn is that Hyman really did take over that top power play role that we were kind of wondering about with Yamamoto and uh, Poliarvi. Poliarvi was on nine minutes of ice time, the, the worst on the entire team. So I, Hyman, if you're stacking with Dreisaitl, I think makes a ton of sense. If you're stacking in general, I would mix him in because he took that power play role. Evander Kane wasn't on it and they ran it all game like that. Now, the only thing I'll have to say that we always have to say with Edmonton is never know what their power play and they have, they can change it, but I feel pretty comfortable that a team that just scored three power play goals in like three attempts, I think it was, will probably keep that unit going. The one really big bright spot there, I would be really shocked if they're like, yeah, well, screw it. Let's change it up. No way. Right. So Hyman was with Drysdale at five on five. Obviously McDavid plays with everyone because he plays as much as he can. Um, those three would make the most sense in a mix. And Tyson Berry on the point, he, it, 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 the problem with Tyson Berry on the point is that if they do get up by a ton, he might not quite see the run he saw against um, Calgary where they were losing, but I feel confident he'll see 18 to 20 minutes and 
4,300 power play one. I feel like he might get piled on as well, but I'm going to take it myself. Uh, Evan Bouchard is your, I would say, easiest pivot play if you want to get crazy. This is a guy that's just a much better rate shooter, a much more likely guy to hit the blocks bonus, um, but he's not getting the power play run. So I, I think if you want to get crazy playing Evan Bouchard, who's just a better shooter, a better rates guy, is probably a way to get different if you're like, man, I feel like I'm going to be taking the stone chalk with Edmonton and, uh, you know, another stack that feels chalky. I think that's the way to get really weird with it. It's just save a couple hundred and play Bouchard over Barry. Um, as far as anything else here, I'm not touching anything on Arizona. They should get boat raced here. I have no reason to believe in them in any capacity. Uh, back to back, real ugly. No, thanks. So we'll move over to Seattle at LA. We just saw this exact game in LA on Saturday. Um, the one thing that we're not going to be entirely sure on, I'm double checking. Yeah, um, we didn't have Schwartz in that game for Seattle. He could be back. We don't know. That that was a piece that I tried to double check on. No idea. So we're going to move forward with the, the mindset of he's not in. And if he is in, well, we'll adjust. So, boy, let's start by saying Seattle is not very good. Um, I think that's the first thing we're going we're gonna to point out here. They lost four to two and the expected goals were 4.1 to 2.5. Yeah, I don't like Seattle here. Now, the one player that I did have was uh, Daniel Sprong. He was in my lineup. He was in my uh, – I picked up the score. I've been taking him and Geeky almost like every night because they're getting power play run. They're good rate shooters, and they both scored. Um, so that was really cool. I did like that a lot. Well, there's not a, like, a lot. There's not a lot to like in general with this team. I'm probably not going to go back to the well a third time um, on Geeky and Sprong. <laughs> I think Sprong is probably your better bet because he's just a better shooter. But I don't really think the stats, like the, the run's going to be there. The problem with playing Seattle and DFS especially is they roll four lines, just roll them, and they don't care anymore. They're just giving all these guys all the minutes because they really don't have a first, second, third, or fourth line. They're all basically third lines. So I don't have a ton of faith in this team in general. Um, I think if you're going to stack Seattle because you want to get really different, you just do it through Vince Dunn in that power play. That was Donato, Everly, Gord, McCann, and Dunn. Um, the best correlation you're probably going to get would be, um, I think Donato Eberly might be interesting because I think Donato is just a better shooter. If you want to do, uh, Gord would be solo and then McCann solo. So I guess it is Donato Eberly. It feels incredibly ugly. I probably won't do it. I'd rather look over to LA. And if we're going to look over to LA, let's just look at what they did in this game because they were the much better team. Um, the expected goals had number one, Anze Kopitar and Arvidsson too. Now, Arvidsson is the guy I want to talk about here. This is the guy that I really, really want to find a way to get him at DFS lineups. And there's many reasons why. First off, 7,200, as normally we'd say, well, that might be actually something that makes you not want to play him, right? Like that might be too expensive for this guy. It's 39 points in 52 games. But I think it's going to make him a massive differentiation piece. No one's going to have him. The one problem that we have here is he didn't play on the first power play. I hate that, but I'm not even going to let it worry me too much because in his only, what, two games he's been back for, he has had 9.5 shot attempts per game. They just haven't been getting on net. So I am just not going to care about anything and take the guy that I think has a chance to break the slate like no one other than the Edmonton guys and find a way to get it done. He played with the no and more. He's going to see all the shots. I just can't imagine they keep him off that top power play for long. Um, I wonder, and I, I, you know, they only had the one power play and Jersey scored on it. 
So I wonder if maybe he didn't play because he drew the penalty. And I don't know how to find that specifically, but it doesn't make a ton of sense to me that he didn't get the first power play run. And I think it's just going to come back to him. Like it doesn't make a lot of sense. He was injured. So we'll see, but this guy's shooting like almost no one else on this entire slate. There's only one player in the league right now for the past 10. And I know he's only played two games. Um, he only has 31 minutes of ice time at Arvidsson and, and, and stuff. So in since he's returned um, in this model, so it is tough, but uh, the only one player is Austin Matthews. He is far exceeding Bergeron's and Ovechkin's and, and Pasternak. So this is a guy that I'm just going to find a way to get in because if anyone could break the slate that no one's going to have, it's Victor Ivinson. If he's on the first power play or not, I don't care. It's Seattle, and they could give up many, many, many goals. So I'm going to find a way to get him in, and I'm also going to take his shot prop for sure, whether it's two and a half or three, whatever you find it at. I think it's a really, really easy bet. Um and I'll take his point prop as well. I think this game is going to kind of profile to be a little bit lower scoring. I did have his point prop last game, and I don't believe it hit, unfortunately. Yeah, it didn't hit, but I think it's going to be right back. He's going to be very underutilized, uh, owned, except for people that look into the stats like I did and see how many shot attempts he's taken because it's a freaking ton. And just looking at the last game, just we'll take the one game sample size because we only have two. He was second in expected goals. He had four shots on net, three missed the net, and three get blocked. Uh, crazy. No one in this game is even close to that metric. I'm in on it. So I'm going to be playing Victor Robertson and not caring about all the noise around it that is kind of showing me any, like, people just won't play because I'm the first power play, and I don't care. Like, get Victor Robertson in the mix and stack with, like, I think if you go with, like, an Arvidsson, Deneau, um, Vancouver stack and just fade Edmonton and just hope that like they don't quite get there or um, you know the best way to put this I'm going to get off this podcast soon and let you guys go the best way to put this is if you look at Edmonton's prices and you think about what McDavid needs to do at 9k to get this done is he has to put over 20 fantasy points probably you know closer to 25 in the last game where they had five goals he only had 16 points in fantasy he hasn't scored in four games and hasn't had one game that I would say met his value or really was even that close until you get back to the Jersey game. Like if McDavid doesn't have three points, he's not getting you there. So just hoping that they, you know, they don't show up against Arizona and maybe win it two to one. I don't think it's completely out of the question. It's, I wouldn't say that egregious at all. Like teams do that all the time to Arizona and, and late in the year, Edmonton doesn't have a ton to play for. I, I mean, are they stone cold locks? No, but they're pretty well. What are they up now in Vegas? Uh, they got a lot to play for. They're only up by a couple points. Um, they do need to win this game. So I don't think they're going to take the foot off the gas, but I do think that this is a game where they slept walk a bit and that under that over doesn't hit, or, you know, we get like Broussard and pull Yarby, get some goals. It just doesn't come through those top Edmonton guys. We're, we're gold, you know, maybe the Keller unit just messes with him enough. So dry side will probably be much higher owned as well. So, you know, just take that for, for what it's worth. I think you can get, you know, Arvidsson, Dreisaitl, Hyman, et cetera, into a lineup and feel really good about it. That might be another avenue is not taking Vancouver. So I think those are kind of the two builds I'm going to work around with Deneau and Arvidsson. I don't know if I'm quite going to get there with Jersey. I'm really high on the guy at 5,500, but I don't think he's quite worth that price tag. So again, favorite bets and then betting right now, the over in the Carolina, Washington, six minus 110, the over in the Buffalo, Chicago, minus 105 and the over team total for everything 3.5. And I know I just said like, what if it doesn't happen? It should happen. But if you're playing DFS and you're playing for, I want first prize. Uh, I have much more fun than success by saying I'm going to take away the chalkiest highest owned team. 
you know, if you're making one lineup, if you're making five lineups, you know, mix them in. But I would rather get away from it a little bit and hope that they don't get there. Um, I think Edmonton should get there. But if, even if they do get there, if they score four goals and it's two defensemen, you know, and there's so many ways to talk myself into Edmonton, like McDavid and Drysdale not being in the optimal lineup that I'm, I'm willing to do it here on a five game slate. That's the point I'm trying to make. And if they are in the optimal lineup, I think you should have multiple lineups and just have one that's complete game stack Edmonton. Have fun with that. I think that's totally justifiable as well. So anyways, those are my three favorite bets. I may have had another one. Um, yeah, the gold props are tough because I don't have any of the Lions. I, I really don't. Like, I don't bet to score prop by the guy I think is going to score the most. Like, that'd be Matthews every night, you know, my, minus one. Four. I kind of look through the lines and then pick them. So I'm going to try to tweet them out because last time I tweeted them out, it was Sprong and Brat. Like I said, those are the two actually tweeted out or at least sent out to some people on uh, Saturday, and they both hit. So I'm going to try to keep that going. Um, is there any bet that I told them I was going to take? Um, oh, no, Vancouver. Right, I said Vancouver, but I'm going to bet that later. So I think that's altogether perfect. Good podcast. Um, yeah. I think that's everything. And I will post a ton of props on my Twitter at DJ underscore Mitchell 94. And we'll talk again on Friday morning skate podcast. If you want to listen to the Tuesday and Thursday show, and I'll probably be doing another live stream on Wednesday. So keep an eye on my Twitter and I'll be and jump on that. If you'd like, I'm kind of trying to cover every day of the week. Last, I have a underdog fantasy video coming out. I'm going to record probably tonight or tomorrow, depending on if I can get one going for the playoffs, best ball really quickly. It's like doing a season-long draft, but just for the playoffs. So just imagine you're doing fantasy hockey for just the playoffs, and you don't have to take change anything. There's no trades. There's no ad drops. And it automatically picks your best lineup for you. Underdogfantasy.com. Use code MSP if you want to support me. Um, get signed up. $5 entry. I think it's 3500 the first. We have 4 k to first. doesn't really matter. And I'll be going over how to strategize for this because there is a lot of strategy involved. Um, your roster is going to stay the same. You cannot change anything. So if you stack Florida and you take five Florida guys and they lose in the first round, those guys are just on your team and you can't do anything about it. So a lot of strategy is going to be involved to take down the top prize and not, I don't think there's anyone that's doing a video for hockey for it. So I'm going to have that coming out for you soon. Other than that, enjoy your week and we will talk soon. Mm -hmm.